I'm Harry, and I'm about to turn paper sideways. You're listening to Turn Paper Sideways, the podcast where we talk about cardboard and rotating it 90 degrees. We talk about all things Magic the Gathering, from current affairs to our favourite format, Commander. And on today's show, I'm talking about my favourite utility lands, including some which I believe are a little underrated. But before we get into that, let me give you some social media coordinates. You can find us on Twitter at TPSMTG. You can send us an email to turnpapersideways at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube by searching for Turn Paper Sideways. And if you'd like to support the podcast, there are a couple of ways you can do it. You can go to iTunes or your podcast app and subscribe and give us five-star ratings. Or, if you really like us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash turnpapersideways and donate as little as a dollar an episode. I can't emphasise enough just how much this helps, and we are really grateful to all of our patrons. So without further ado, let's get into my favourite lands. So I've picked out a few here which I try and play in decks because I really enjoy them. I try and slot them in wherever I can. Sometimes they're just lands which tap for a colourless mana, but when you need them, you need them. And this first one fits right into that category. It's Arcane Lighthouse. So this is a land which taps for a colourless mana, or you can pay one and tap it. And it says, until end of turn, creatures your opponents control lose Hexproof and Shroud and can't have Hexproof or Shroud. And that is so powerful in Commander, especially when most decks have Lightning Greaves or uh, Swiftfoot Boots in them. There are also some really powerful Commanders with Hexproof on them already, like Narset. And it's just really powerful to have a land which you can tap to get rid of that so that your removal works on it. And I love this as a political card. So I can say to one of my opponents, why don't I use Arcane Lighthouse to get rid of Hexproof on creatures? And then you can use your removal spell to get rid of his commander. And I love it as a political tool like that. Um, And it's also just really important uh, if you're playing with an interactive deck. In my playgroup, generally... We like to protect our strategies. One of my favourite cards is Diplomatic Immunity, and it's a, it's an enchantment which gives a creature Shroud, and it also has Shroud itself. And so cards like that are really prevalent in my playgroup, so I play Arcane Lighthouse in quite a few decks, and I love playing it. It's just useful to have it sort of in your back pocket so you know that you've, you've always got the option to use it, but the fact that it also taps for mana is great. The next one is Opal Palace, and this is another land which taps for colourless mana, or you can pay one and tap it to add to your mana pool one mana of any colour in your commander's colour identity. So that's great, it's colour fixing. Um, If you've only got one of your three colours out, it means that you've got another one. Handy. But it also says if you spend this mana to cast your commander, it enters the battlefield with a number of plus one plus one counters on it equal to the number of times it's been cast from the command zone this game. So if this is played early in the game and you use it to cast your commander, your commander's a little bit bigger. But if, you, if you've if you cast your commander a few times, especially if you've got a commander with lots of power already, this is going to buff it up enough possibly to push you through to a win with commander damage. It was printed in a commander set, so it might not be particularly rare, but I think it's a little bit underrated. I don't see this very often, and every time I pull it out with one of my decks, I, I it's just so useful. I had this in my Selvala deck, for example, so it meant that when I cast Selvala with it, Selvala was one bigger, which meant that she tapped for an extra bit of mana, and I just find that sometimes it's really useful, if you, especially if you're casting your commander early, to have it a little bit bigger, 
and then it's just sort of a, a more useful blocker. There are so many times when it's early game and people are looking around for someone to attack with their two two or their three three sort of utility creature. And then if you've got a if you've got a creature with toughness slightly bigger, then they're not going to attack into it because there's no point and they'll attack someone else. And it's just little things like that which gain you a bit of advantage over the course of the game that I really like. So Opal Palace is probably better played early game. And this next one I think is fine early game, but great late game. So this is Memorial to Folly. It's a new one that was printed in Dominaria. And it says it enters the battlefield tapped. You can tap it to add a black mana. Or you can pay two and a black and tap it and sacrifice it to return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And this is basically the same cost as Eternal Witness. That costs three mana. Um, All of the good creature or spells, which I use in Commander to get cards back from my graveyard, cost three mana. And so I've got it on a land anyway. Late game when I'm probably a bit flooded, this is great because I don't have to cast a spell from my hand to do it. I just use something that's already on the battlefield. So in a way, it's sort of uh, it's sort of card advantage. My opponents already know that it's there. I'm not using up more of my resources than I need to. And I get a creature card back. And so I get to recast something that I used earlier in the game. And uh, in the sort of decks that I like to put this in, there's often a way to get this back. Things like Ramanap Excavator or Crucible of Worlds are great with cards like this because you can use them over and over. I love spell lands like this, something which has an optional effect, but it also produces coloured mana, and that is fantastic. I don't think it really matters that it enters the battlefield tapped. If you play it early, you probably won't notice it, and if you play it late, you really won't notice it unless you want that effect this turn. But even then, I don't think that matters. So yeah, Memorial to Folly is a fantastic one and it's worth picking up. It's probably quite a casual card. I don't think it goes into any really competitive decks. But if your deck revolves around creatures dying, which I think a lot of decks do in Commander, uh, this is this is a really good one to include. And I think it sort of slipped under the net a little bit. Um, it wasn't an obvious include from Dominaria. This next one, though, is quite an old one. And I think it might be quite rare because it's so old. It's Springjack Pasture. It's a land which taps for one colourless mana. You can pay four mana and tap it to put a 0-1 white goat creature token into play. Or you can tap it and sacrifice X goats to add X mana of any one colour to your mana pool and gain X life. And so this is a mana sink. I think I've talked about this before, just how powerful mana sinks are. It's a it's a colourless land, so it's not great in anything more than two, maybe three colours. You certainly don't want this in a four or five colour deck. But especially in a two colour or a mono coloured deck, this is amazing. Because there are so many times late in the game, or even early in the game, when you've got mana to spare, maybe everyone's still ramping up, you haven't got any spells that you want to cast yet. So instead you can use that four mana to create a goat. And if that happens a couple of times, you know, you've got blockers for your opponent's early creatures... Having creatures on the board is always useful. You can sacrifice them to various effects or whatever. But then if you've still got them around a little bit later on, you can sacrifice a few of them to get more coloured mana, and that is super useful. It's also got the bonus of gaining some life, which is not something I'd normally consider, but it's also not nothing. This next one is another favourite from my Merin deck, Zoetic Cavern. You tap it to add one colourless to your mana pool, again, Or you can cast it face down as a morph creature for 3 mana, so it's a 2-2 creature, and then you can pay 2 mana to unmorph it, and it's a land again. So in a way, you can pay 5 mana to ramp, or 
like I was saying with Springjack Pasture, sometimes it's really useful just to have an extra creature for, you know, sacrifice effects. You need one for, say, um, victimised to get things back from your graveyard or whatever. It's so useful to have that on a land, which you can, if you don't need that effect, you can just play it and have the have the mana from it. Super useful. And I think this one is quite underrated. I think this one should probably see more play in a lot of commander decks. Uh, not every commander deck, obviously it's not ubiquitous because it's colourless, but still, I think this is a fantastic card to check out, especially for budget decks. This is a super cheap land which has a lot of uses. So Zoetic Cavern is quite expensive ramp, but I think this next one is just about right. This is Blighted Woodland. And I think this is quite an underrated card, even though it's been in at least one pre-con. I remember it from Battle for Zendikar, and since then it's been one of my favourite cards to play in a deck. Uh, it's a land which taps for colourless mana again, or you can pay three and a green, tap it and sacrifice it to search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. This is fairly similar to Myriad Landscape, but Myriad Landscape you have to get two basics of the same type, with this one, you can get two different basic lands. Obviously, it only goes in green decks, but it's a little bit like Rampant Growth on a land. And so being able to play it and use the mana from it, and then later on, as a mana sink, ramp yourself, that is super powerful. And I think not enough people play cards like this because it doesn't seem like a big enough effect. But I think having this effect on lands is so good. It means you've got more scope in the rest of your deck to put cool effects in. You don't have to put quite so many effects on spells if you've got them on lands. I mean, Blighted Woodland, Memorial to Folly, they're both amazing cards in a Golgari deck. Again, because you sacrifice them in Golgari, it's so easy to get lands back. And so I think especially green and black lands with spell effects on them are super, super powerful. So those are my favourite lands. But before I go, I've got a couple which I think are quite overrated. This first one was discussed in the Command Zone recently. They talked about Reliquary Tower and how its uh, DJ from Jumbo Commander said that it's uh, it's super overrated. And I do think that's true. I have started really to take this out of a lot of decks where I don't need it. Reliquary Tower is a land which taps for colourless and it says you have no maximum hand size. And while I think that is really powerful, I think a lot of players just throw it in as uh, sort of like they throw soul rings into decks. You just put it in regardless of whether or not you need that effect. And I think there's a lot of decks where it doesn't matter, and having a land that only taps for colourless mana and doesn't do anything else is not good. And so all the other lands that I've spoken about have other effects. You know, they've got spell effects on the land, or uh, they've got multiple uses, whereas this... Basically, if you're not drawing loads of cards anyway, it's only one colourless mana. And if you're in a three, four or five colour deck, that is not good. Another one which I've been taking out of all of my decks is Temple of the False God. It's a land which taps for two colourless mana, but only if you control five or more lands. The number of times where I open up my opening hand and I've got one coloured land and Temple of the False God, I, I cannot keep that hand. I do not want that as an opening hand. And Temple of the False God is just so rubbish if you draw it any time before about turn 5. And even then, it's not amazing. There are very few decks outside of mono-coloured decks that I want this in. So I have got Temple of the False God in my mono-green artefact deck because it's all colourless cards. And so having two colourless mana on one land is amazing. And I just sort of put up with the, the early game disadvantage if I draw it before I've got four other lands on the battlefield. 
But I think, again, a lot of people put this into a deck where it's not needed and it's probably a bit of a detriment to their strategy. And so Reliquary Tower, Temple of the False God, those are my two picks for the most overrated lands. But I might not be right. So if you think that I'm wrong with that, or if I've missed some of your favourite lands and you think that some uh, some really amazing lands are super underrated, then you can tell me on Twitter. Get at me at TPSMTG and tell me what your most uh, overrated or underrated lands are. Um, I realise this has been quite a short episode and that is because there is something very exciting in the pipeline for next episode. I'm going to do a Christmas special so uh, tune in in two weeks for that one. Um, until then, thank you for listening. Cheerio! Cheerio!